Okay, we'll talk a little bit about the Nazir. About the Nazir. I don't know how to translate Nazir into English. It's usually called a Nazarite, which is what you, the way you translate a word that you don't understand. You just use the same word. Right? So that's why, you know, words like Ruvim, like cherubs. It doesn't help you to know what it says in English because <coughs> the English just didn't understand the Hebrew. So there is this idea that Nazir. Let's go through a few psukim. So this tells us that a person through the agency of a neder of taking an oath can change his status. You can change yourself, who you are. You are not a Nazir. You can make yourself into a Nazir by taking an oath. And that, that has certain implications. Pasuk Gimel says, yazir, so all the different kinds of anything has to do with grapes grapes, derivatives of grapes uh, alcoholic derivatives non-alcoholic derivatives so you can't drink what we call wine or, or juice or the juice of the grapes that's one thing and then in Hebrew, a, a, a bell, a bell has a, it's an imbal, right? Inside there's a zag, the thing that knocks away, right? That's what the word uh, zag means, Rashi. Rashi will go through that for us again. Now, Pasuk, Pasuk, hey, call you may dead and he's row. So the second thing, the second thing about a uh, Nazir is that he has to let his hair grow. He can't cut his hair. The first thing is the wine. The second thing is the hair. The Nazir. And then Pesudvav, though you may have zero, Lashem, Amet is made lo yevon. So the third thing is that the Nazir can't come into contact with dead bodies, can't allow himself to become Tameh, like Kohanim uh, in certain situations. Okay, you can't become Tameh even if it's your father who died or your mother who died, but a Nazir has to remain separate from the things that are, would be making Tameh. Uh, repeating, again, that his concern, the concern of the Nazir, of the Nazir, is Lashem. Somehow, somehow that's the way it is. Okay, so 
Yigal Cheder. So this pasuk is a little bit difficult to get the right flavor of. Vechi Yamut pasuk Teh. Yamut made alav b'feta b'tom. I mean, he's watching. He's trying to be careful. He goes to visit someone in the hospital, and they drop dead, or they die. Right? They were about they are close to death when he goes, and they die. So he can't really be blamed for it. Nevertheless, the Torah says that doesn't matter. He says uh, on that on that day that he may rosh nizrok kilach roshov yom taratov. The and that he has to cut off his hair, the hair that he allowed to grow during the days of his nazir. So he brings either doves or dove cuts. This is a difficult pasuk because it says. It says that the Nazir has to bring a khatat. And the khatat offering is usually brought uh, for a sin. He did something wrong. And it's hard to understand from the previous Pesukim what it is that he did wrong. Because the Pasuk says clearly that it was an accident. That he became Tameh. I mean, of course, he, he didn't want to become Tameh. And he shouldn't become Tameh. That's it was not his fault that he became Tameh. And yet, he has to bring a korban, he has to bring a korban chatat. You mentioned that he went to like, visit someone in the hospital. Is that, uh, that would the, isn't that already bringing something? Yeah, I guess. Like he's anticipating. He's I know, also, if he wasn't riding on a bus. I mean, okay, people die in the street all the right. time. So it doesn't, you didn't say the hospital went to special uh, Okay, retracted. Okay. No so, hospital. Just out the middle of the street. We see that also after giving birth. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the only. I mean, this is not the only time as well. Yeah. I would rather not get into that chatat, but you're right that there are korbanot chatat brought at times that we might not have thought that anybody did a chait. But we have to agree, we would agree, that a korban chatat is for a sin. It is a sin offering. It's not always clear who did the sin and what the sin was. But there's no doubt that a chatat is a sin offering. And here the Nazir has to bring one. Okay? Uh, now, if you, we could skip a few, a few psukim. Uh, to the end of this parasha, where it talks about how it is done, pasuk yutet, no yutet, v'lakacha kohen et azroh v'shelam en ha'ayil v'chalat v'tzachat v'chalat tells you the process, how you bring these korbanot that the nazir is obligated to bring. Pasuk 21, kaf aleph. No, not 21. Kaka Kohen et Azroa. Yutet. Kaka Kohen Yutet. Et Azroa v'shelah v'na'ayil 
וחלת מוצא אחת, מנסה לרתיק מוצא אחת, מדבר על כפי הנזיר, אחר כך So he has to bring one animal which is specifically designated as a chatat. Now that chatat, that chatat is discussed by the Mekhorshim. If you look, uh, you look at the Rashi, the Rashi to Pasuk Yud Aleph. We'll go back to Pasuk Yud Aleph and make sure we remember it. See, this Pasuk says very clearly that the, that the Nazir is culpable. He did something wrong. He's Chata. But we haven't got a clue about what this hate that the Pasuk is referring to is. But Rashi says, Rashi says, uh, what? It was the Pasuk Yud Aleph says, V'chiper alav kasher me'asher chata al ha-nefesh. Right? I mean, it's not, it's not clear to me what he did wrong. I mean, de facto, you could always say, Shalom is But L'chatchila, what did he do wrong? A priori, what is he being accused of? I understand, he became Tamei. So, uh, so in theory, right, you remember that if, if you do something wrong on Shabbat, if you do something wrong on Shabbat, and you uh, show gig, you have to bring a Korban Chatat. You have to bring a, a sin offering. So you say, uh, but if it's Shogeg, if it was not done purposefully, <coughs> wherein lies the sin that he is asking atonement of? Question. So the answer that's usually given is, he wasn't careful. He wasn't careful. What does Shogeg mean? Shogeg means, you know, thinking straight, you weren't concerned about what day it was of the week. So all of those things add up together to some sort of a transaction, and that a transgression. And that transgression demands a korban chatat. So you could say that the same thing holds for the nazir. That somehow the nazir was not careful. What was he not careful about? Whatever it is that a person is expected to be careful of. But this Nazir, this Nazir, he should have, 
he should have been able to avoid the tumat mate, the dead body that he came across. He didn't avoid it. It wasn't exactly that he's guilty, but he's also not innocent. So this is what Rashi says. This is what Rashi said. Pasuk is Aleph. Ba'asher chatal nefesh shelon nizhar mitumat ha-meit. Shelon nizhar mitumat ha-meit. Means he should have been more careful. He should have been more careful. But Rashi immediately, I mean, like, if you think that Rashi is a literary document, and not just a, a shot at giving an interpretation, but Rashi is its own literature, so to speak. So what does Rashi say? What's the continuation of Rashi? Rabbi Lozer HaTapar Omer, Shetzi'er Atzmo Min Hayayin. What is Si'er Atzmo Min Hayayin? He was unhappy, distressed, because he didn't have any wine to drink. So there are two things that you could say about Rashi. If Rashi quotes Rabbi Lozer HaTapar, so that means that Rabbi Lazar Kapar probably disagrees with the first opinion in Rashi. The first opinion in Rashi is that he was being punished, that he's being punished for not bringing, for not, uh, for not avoiding to matmate. He's being punished. Rabbi Lazar Kapar, he doesn't like that. How can you punish somebody for not avoiding to matmate? If somebody dies next to you in the middle of the street, which probably was not so uncommon. In the, it's not so uncommon today either. I mean, if you read the newspapers, people dying in the street all the time. But uh, uh, obviously, Rabbi Lazar Kapo thinks that he should not be guilty of that. That would not produce guilt. So, what does produce the guilt? He says, Rabbi Lazar Kapo should see He was really unhappy. He was really unhappy about this, about this wine, that he wasn't drinking the wine. Well, he took the nether. What's the faith in that? He voluntarily took the nether to stay away from it. One thing at a time. He voluntarily... He, he, I mean, he, he wasn't forced into this state. He, he voluntarily took the nether, became a nazir, uh, knowing what he was going to get into. No, no one forced it on him that he was. Oh, so well, what's your uh, point? That it is not a net. It's not a chait. That's why. Oh, it is a chait. No, I'm saying if, if he's so unhappy that he was against, then, then why did he nether in the first place? Because the nether. Oh, why did he go to the first place? He well, didn't realize how unhappy he would be. Mm. A lot of things like that in the world. But you said something. I said, what, what, what's the chet? Let's say, Lord, how much made? Okay, that you can understand perhaps. But with, with uh, Rabbi Lazar Kappa says, how does that um, ju- justify? How does that cause it to be a chet? Okay. So I'm going to answer that question. But it'll take me a few minutes. The question is, why is it that Rabbi Lazar Kappa thought that you should be punished. That's a sin not to enjoy being separated from wine. I mean, wine, of course, in those days was like Coca-Cola, right? Even though the results were more damaging, or maybe not. I won't say anything about that. The results, but the results of drinking wine were were immediately damaging, right? You know, you get drunk, and uh, remember the story of Noah, etc., but here Rabbi Lozak Kapo says, we cannot say 
In other words, when it comes to Shabbos, so a person doesn't know it's Shabbos today. Or a person doesn't know that you're not allowed to cook on Shabbos. So those are things that you should know, that you can expect. Your expectation of a reasonable person is that he knows what day of the week it is. That he knows what the basic halachot of Shabbat are. But how can you expect of the Nazir not to cross the street if he has to? Because maybe somebody will die on the other side of the street. That seems an unreasonable, an unreasonable demand. And that was Rabbi Loza Kapo's, Kapo's position. So we understand that the issue or the problem that has to do with the Nazir has to do with the Korban Khatat. Has something to do with the Korban Khatat. Now let's see some other, some other opinions quickly. Right, the last Pasuk, the last Pasuk in the previous parasha. The previous parasha and the parasha of Naso is the parasha of the Isha Sota. Right, a woman who the husband knows spent time alone in a room with another man. This is often not, uh, not perfectly clear. And he has witnesses to that effect. Not to what she did with the husband in the other room. And so as a result, the Beit Din cannot, uh, cannot adjudicate this. There's no one to accuse her of anything. All she did was something that was untowardly. It was unre- un, uh, unexpected, unlikely, something you shouldn't do, but it doesn't mean that she did a really major transgression. So this produces a situation of a lack of shallow bayit. The husband suspects the wife, and the wife has no way of, uh, of explaining that there wasn't anything that happened. The Torah says that in this situation of a lack of clarity, there's a test that can be run on this woman who is under suspicion by her husband. So the test is like a little complicated. She drinks what she drinks. If she dies, she's guilty. And if she lives, it means she was innocent. Um, the, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that at times, there are times when the Torah is really willing to go out of its way, so to speak, to protect the Shalom Bayit. That if really she's innocent, that she didn't do anything wrong, well, why should a husband spend all his energy being suspicious of, of him, of her? And so it could be clarified. This idea that sometimes the, to- the Torah, or heaven, is willing to clarify things that cannot be clarified on earth. Right? That's what the Gemara said. The Gemara said... Uh, when did this come to an end? This test of the Sota. When was it no longer? I mean, we don't hear about it in Bayit Sheni. And we don't even hear about the end of Bayit Rishon. But, but when did it come to an end? A rhetorical question or an actual question? A what? Is that a rhetorical statement or a question? 
It's like a thunder. You know, you know what a thunder. You know what thunder is. You can hit at it with one hand or with two hands. It's a fungo. Take your pick. The Gemara says. The Gemara says it's so tough. very good. That's very good. The Gemara says we should misrabo aminaafin pasku sota when the men were uh, uh, not serious any longer about their family obligations and they ran around with other women pasku meisota the one other law what, what is this a feminist or <laughs> Can't believe it. That's a big question. We're only dealing here with little questions. What I'm saying, what I want you to remember is that when there is shalom by it, when there is shalom by it, so the Mesoto works. When there's shalom by it in the world, there's one person whom there's no shalom by it. The one who suspects his wife. So the Torah says that in heaven they're willing to make an exception because the court, the the, the uh, uh, terrestrial court, can't deal with the question. It has no way of of determining who's whether she did it or she didn't do it. So in such a case, if there is shalom bayit in the world, then the the celestial court takes over and makes that makes that determination so that uh, again again the, the business about the Nazir so the last pasuk the last pasuk in the page of Sota is v'nikaha ish v'avon v'ishahi tisa davona tisa davona right so the parasha is the parasha of Sota the parish of Sotat comes before the parish of Nazir. And uh, let's look at the first Rashi. I'm sorry, the first page. Back to the first page. The first Rashi. Rashi says, Kiafli. Kiafli Yafrish. The word Yafli means to separate yourself. And then he says, Rashi. Lava Nispecha Parashat Nazir Parashat Sotat. How is it that the parish about the Nazir comes after the parish about the Sota? Lomalecha, Shekola Ro'es Sota, Bekilkula, Yazir Atzmo Min Hayayin, Shehu Mevi Lidei Ni'uf. Rashi. Kola Ro'es Sota Bekilkula. If you see a woman who is accused and then drinks this potion and then dies, so you see it's sota bekilkula. In other words, this brings you, you it, it, it directs your thoughts to this terrible event. So he says, Kolaro es sota bekilkula, yazir atzmo Suddenly you have to decide that you're not going to drink any wine because the wine puts you at a disadvantage in all these kinds of, of things. Jehumevili de liuf, wine. As you know from uh, the story of Noah, again, brings you to unacceptable sexual habits 
or events. And so, according to, according to Rashi, if you ask Rashi, why was it that this guy, remember we had that question, why did this guy want to become a Nazir? He felt he needed to do something more. He felt he needed to be better than he usually was. That the course of, of uh, the daily life brought him into contact with this terrible sexual offense. And therefore he had to cleanse himself somehow. And he cleansed himself by becoming a Nazir. Why a Nazir? Because Nazir can't drink any wine. Now on this pasuk, also the Ibn Ezra says, if you look at the second page, at the top of the page, the Ibn Ezra says, in other words, even the person, the person who decided to accuse his wife and, and had this ruach, this spirit of, of jealousy overcome him, he is forbidden of having relations with her. The reason for this connection, she will have a son, a Nazir, if she did not do anything wrong. So he says, according to the according to the uh, to the Ibn Ezra, the the story of the sota has residuals. It has a man, and it has his wife, and it has his future children. And it has the way they think about each other, and that leads somehow to the parasha of Nazir. That's what the uh, that's what the Ibn Ezra says, and that's connected to what Rashi says. Rashi also says that it must be a connection between the Sota and the Nazir. Let's look at the Ramban. The Ramban next to it, Tamachatat. The Ramban is explaining to us why he has to bring a Chatat. Remember. The Nazir has to bring this sacrifice. She akriva Nazir biyom elot yemei nizro. Lonit parish. Lonit parish. Where is it not explained? In the Torah. It's not explained in the Torah. Keisha zeh. Chotein avshobim lota nizirut. Kihu ata nazur mikudushato veavodat Hashem. So according to the Ramban, the hate of the Nazir is that his Nazirut has come to an end. Why did it come to an end? Because of an accidental connection with someone who is Tamei. That's why it came to an end. But that should be enough to frighten anybody. It's almost as though the Ramban, I'm explaining that the Ramban doesn't exactly say it, but I think that that's what the Ramban is pointing to. It's a person 
a person who who is with God, closer to God. He's doing more than you expect most people to do. He's not drinking wine. He's not cutting his hair. He's not. He's trying to avoid tumah, even of his own parents, if necessary. So he's living on a kind of a high standard. He's living in a certain way that is unexpected, unexpected in the world. So, uh, what happened? I mean, somebody put that dead body right in front of him as he was walking, so that he his special kedusha was somehow not accepted. Right in heaven, they decided to drop that thing down right in front of him and make him tamei and make him come to an end, so that the chatat, according to the Ramban, comes because his nizirut ended. But if you look a little further behind that, it means that it was, what do you mean, it was ended by accident. Like he wasn't worthy of it. And so I guess somebody in heaven said, well, we don't want this guy running around parading like Bennett and thou. We want him to stop being a Nazir. And that was the remarkable thing that the Ramban added to this discussion. Now if you look at the Rambam, the next, the next thing is what the Rambam said. Shevi Yomar, let me read it quickly. It's really not so difficult. Shevi Yomar, Adam Uel ve kina'ah ve ta'avah ve kavod motzibem derech ra'ah ve'ein motzi'in et ha'adam min ha'olam. These three, that is from Pirkei Avot, right? These three uh, qualities. Kina'ah is um, is what? Jealousy. And ta'avah is desire. Kavod is honor. That, that these are things that take you out of out of this world. So if a person, the Rambam, you know that the Rambam was a, a great fan of the Aristotelian golden bean. And of course he gave it its own interpretation. He says if a person, a person knows that uh, jealousy and honor and desire, these are bad things. So you can work on yourself. You could, you could try not to have desire. Uh, you could not, you could not exhibit jealousy. You could deny, run away from kavod. He says, this is not on the fourth line. Nefesh. That's the Nazir. So the Nazir is paying a price. What is he paying the price for? Becoming a Nazir. Becoming a Nazir, the Rambam says, is is ideologically Unacceptable. It's unacceptable because a person has to live a normal life, according to the Rambam, whatever that might mean. But the Rambam didn't like extremes. So that if you become a Nazir, you're accepting the position of the extreme. If you accept the position of the extreme, then you're called the Choteh. Amru Chachamim. Umam Nazir Shalom Piresh Elam Inayayim. Sarich Kapara. 
So the Rambam says, you cannot, you can't second guess the Torah. The Torah says there are things you could eat and there are things that you cannot eat. That's the end of it. You can't say that I'm going to decide not to eat the things that I can eat. That's an extreme position which is not supported, which is not supported by the Torah. The Mesilat Yisharim, at a somewhat later date, the Mesilat Yisharim says, says this, that sometimes, behavioristically, you understand they were all behaviorists, all these, uh, all these uh, rabbis. Uh, rabbis today are still behaviorists. I mean, they don't think that anything's wrong with anybody. Uh, some rabbis do. But most rabbis are behaviorists. And they, and they, the Mesilat Yisharim says, I agree with the Rambam. You can't second guess the Torah. You can't do better than the Torah. But if you have an addiction, if you have a specific problem, then for a limited period of time, it might be a good idea to be an extremist. The Rambam, the Mesilat Yisharim in chapter 18. And in the introduction, chapter 18 and introduction, both times he says, the people who add, uh, uh, who torture themselves for religious reasons, you know, they roll around in the snow, or they go walk without clothing in the, in the, the, the winter, those people are doing the wrong thing. That's what the Sajjurim says, just like the Ramah. But he adds that sometimes, Sometimes the Rambam also says this elsewhere. I don't mean he disagrees with the Rambam, but he adds to the Rambam that we are reading now. The Sadi Shirem adds that sometimes, if you perceive that you are addicted to something, you have some kind of weakness that's going to the opposite extreme or taking extreme action for a short period of time, could be helpful. Which I don't think. I think the treatment of this kind of thing is pretty much along those lines even today. So we finish the, uh, the Rambam, the fourth line from the bottom, the last word. He shouldn't go around and say, apples, I'm not going to eat an apple. Or I'm not going to eat, uh, you know, uh, a banana. You, you, even though you could. You could make a neder, not to eat something, but if it's something that the Torah permits you to eat, you shouldn't do that. Right? What are you, crazy? The Torah told you, this is forbidden. A lot. There's a lot that's forbidden. Why, why would you want to add to that? More things that are forbidden. <laughs> If you, if you afflict yourself, it's not such a good idea. And you're not even allowed to fast more than the days that fasting has been determined. So we understand 
We understand that I have the Torah. Is the Torah the end of it? Or is the Torah a model on which I can build more and more? Is the Torah say, this you could eat and this you can't eat? And that's the end of that distinction? <coughs> or can I say to myself, I want to make a further distinction? I'm not going to eat Shulta and Shabbos anymore. Okay, question. That question is not easily answered. There are just different positions and they are represented by the Rambam and by the Silat Yisharim. There's one more thing I want to show you. In the guide to the... What? Eid Bakom there? The Via Rambam? That's why he brings a Chatat. A Korban Chatat because he did something wrong by becoming a Nazir. He's discouraging it. This is summarized again, the Rambam and the Guide, Part 3, ch- uh, Chapter 48. The object of Nazaritism is obvious. He keeps away from the wine that has ruined people in ardent and modern times. Many strong men have been slain by it, the mind, the wine. But they also have erred through wine, the priest and the prophet. In the law about the Nazarite, we notice even the prohibition they shall eat nothing that is made of the vine tree as an additional precaution implying the lesson that man must take of wine only as much as absolutely necessary. For he who abstains from drinking is uh, drinking it is called holy. His sanctity is made equal to that of the high priest and not being allowed to defile himself either his father or his mother. And the like dishonor given him because he abstains, because he abstains from wine. So you see that the Rambam thinks that the entire purpose of a Nazir having it is that a person can teach himself not to drink wine, not to have excess uh, excesses of wine. Let's go back to the first page. I want to, I want to show you something, and we'll understand this Rambam and the guide to the perplexed. If you look at the first page of Pasuk A, you see Pasuk A, call you may net in this row, Tarlo Yavol Roshow, you shouldn't cut off your hair with a razor. Ad Belotayamim Ashayazir, Lashem, Ad Belotayamim Ashayazir, Lashem, Kodeshiyeh, Kodeshiyeh. You see those words? So now the Ramah, Ramosa Ishulish, Ramosa Ishulish lived in Krakow and wrote uh, at least uh, half of the Shulchan Aruch. You know, Rabbi Yosef Kara wrote the uh, regular Shulchan Aruch and Ramosa Ishulish wrote the commentary or the editions, the Ashkenazic editions to the Shulchan Aruch. So the, this Ramosa Ishulish also died very young, by the way. I think 36 or 37 when he died. He wrote a book called Torah Ta'ola. Actually, it's a book written in three volumes. It's, it's more than a book. Torah Ta'ola, in which he explains all of the different korbanot that were brought, uh, what their dinim are, and especially their philosophical underpinnings. That's the book called Torah Ta'ola. In that book called Torah Ta'olah, in the third volume, uh, chapter 71, I happen to have it here with me, 
and it uh, it's about ten pages long. So I didn't uh, I didn't ask them to print it for you. Besides which, it's a little bit esoteric. He makes an interesting point about this discussion, and his point is. I mean, I'll just tell it to you, I don't have the text. You don't have the text, I have the text. But I'll tell you what he said. What the, what the Ramos said was, <laughs> what the Ramos said was, Kodesh Yiyeh. He won't drink the wine. He'll cut off his hair. And he'll, uh, and he won't allow himself to become defiled by dead bodies. And after 30 days, it comes to an end. He, he just becomes an un-Nazir automatically. Kodesh Iyeh. He says, after the experience of Nazir, he's a changed man. He's not the same. Having lived that kind of unique life for 30 days, he can't go back to what he did before without thinking about the life of sanctity that he had for those 30 days. So that even the Rambam says in the Maranebuchim that there's a, a good result, a behavioristic kind of result to being a Nazir. And that behavioristic positive result is that you learn to do without, without wine. And wine is uh, the enemy of the human beings, right? We know, we know that uh, alcoholism today, right? Alcoholism is a bane that affects a lot of people who know better. It's not just a problem for people who are uh, disenfranchised in one way or another, who are unable to cope who become the alcoholics that you see in the street. We're talking about people who are very well educated and very understanding about the problem and still cannot control the alcoholism that they have developed for themselves. So the Rambam says, the Rambam says that alcoholism, uh, this love of wine, of drinking, intoxicating beverages, can be controlled to a certain extent by becoming a Nazir. The Ramah said, the Ramah said, well, if you're a Nazir for 30 days, this is not behavioristic. This is more idealistic. And the Ramah said, if you're, if you're a, a, a Nazir for 30 days, then you can't just go back to being the way you were before. You recognize suddenly that there is a more sacred way of living your life. And that that more sacred way has to be addressed over and over again, again and again. So here we are. We'll finish with the Svatamet. Let's look at the Svatamet. Svatamet, you know, for some reason they're writing about Ger in the, uh, in the Haredi magazines. Must be somebody's yurtzak or something. Svatamet, you remember, was the second Gary Rebbe. Right? The second Gary Rebbe. The first Gary Rebbe was Chidushe Harin, Yitzchak Meir. And his name was, his name was Rottenberg. 
and he changed it to Alter because uh, uh, the government didn't like Jews who looked like him. So the first Gary Rebbe was the Fiducia Rib. He had a son who died while his father was still the Rebbe. Right? His grandson lived with him and grew up with him. He taught, he mentored his grandson who became the next Gary Rebbe, one we call Svatamet. Svatamet, his name is Arya Leib. And then by that time they were all named Alkarate. Okay, so what does Svatamet say? He says this, the parashat nizirut kol yemei nizro kodeshuv. During the 30 days that he is a nazir, he's sacred, he's sanctified. In Kain Lam Nignaz Hakidusha Belev Ish Yisrael Rakshe Kafia Prishut Minagashmiyut Motsi He Arat Hakidusha Miakoak Elafkoak. Ah, so here he says, ask a simple question. He, he says, how can you say that this guy is Kadosh? How do you say this guy is Kadosh? He may be a drug addict. He may be an alcoholic anonymous uh, visitor. He may have all kinds of problems that he's trying to solve with uh, with this becoming a Nazir, according to Rashi, Ibn Ezra, and uh, the Rambam. So, so what's the Kadosh here? What's the Kadosh? So he says, the Pasuk says, he says, call your name Nizro, Kadoshu in Cain. Where does the Kadoshu come from? So the Psalter says, it doesn't come from what he is doing. Not drinking wine and not cutting his hair and not uh, trying to stay out of the way of, of Tuma. It doesn't come from that. Where does it come from? He says, Lolam Nignaz Hakdusha Beleid Ish Yisrael. That each person, you know, it's like Rav Cook at a later date would say so there's a spark inside of everybody he says there's Kedusha hidden in every single person and in order to activate that Kedusha you need some sort of event you need sort of event like a like a a, uh, <coughs> a magnet that can just pull it out of you pull the Kedusha out of you so he says, "In Kaila Olam Nignazak Tushaba Lady Shisrael, Hirak." In other words, it's there. It's not that the pasuk says Kadoshu that it's like a radical change. Before he was just a a tree, and now he's a sacred person. No, he says. He says that sacred person is in there all the time. Hirak shekafia prishut bin agash miyut motzi eirata kedushah miakor lapoah. But by taking this dramatic step, even though only for a short time, for 30 days, but you take a dramatic step, you don't drink the wine, you don't cut your hair, and you don't eat meat, and you don't... Uh, this is all of that, all of that sort of like gets it going, gets the, gets the Kedusha out of you, right? is the all. The light of Kedusha, of sanctity, is positively affected. And it, the potential that is within every one of us becomes activated 
right? And it actually, it actually is seen and is felt and it says in the parish of creation right? The, those four words are used in creation right? Amira, by God says, and then Yud is that God created. Who did God create? God created man. And what does Rashi ask? Why is the Vayitza spelled Vav Yud Yud? You could spell it with one Yud, and not with two Yuds. So he quotes, he, the Svatavet, quotes that he says, uh, he says to the there are two creations, Vyesh there was the creation of the soul and the soul was wrapped in the body so that the Kedushah that we're talking about is is there it's there all the time that's what Vayitza means it's just that you have to look for it you have to look for the Kedushah, for the sanctity, for the goodness, for the special nature that each one of us has. I, I, otherwise, you're not going to find it. Right? That's why it says, what does Yafli mean, Rashi said? You separate yourself. And each, if it comes to you, that you want to find your true self, or this is like very modernistic kind of language, Right, you want to be who you could really be, and you want to know who you really are. That's just what that bet says. It's inside everybody. It's right there. You could find it. You might have to do a radical act. You might have to radicalize yourself a little bit, separate yourself from the life that you have been living, even for a short time. But if you do that, you will discover that within yourself there are things that you never imagined. I mean, you may have imagined that because you learned the Chumash and the Rashi, but you didn't feel that. You didn't feel that they were a part of you in every way. So then he goes on and he says, uh, It's you up in the Right? That's what. God does miracles. And the miracles refer to the spirit of man within him. He quotes the Raman, the Shulchan Simon Vav. Right? Right at the beginning of Orachayim. Kehush. The Brocha. Right? Yotzer. Maflila sot. What is maflila sot? What do those words mean? So he says, Maflila sot. Yakadish bocho kashar adeshama sheiruchani bekufa gashmi v'zeatzmo perush bereshit parashe yet kashut labria peharashit. So you see that the uh, that the svatanet explains iski yafli. A person takes himself aside and becomes a Nazir. Why would he do that? 
Well, because he wants to discover something about himself. And the argument is that inside of you, inside of that external crust, which is so needy and desirous of things, and so uh, gets you so involved in the Olam Hazer, the Gatshmi, the Gatshmiut of Olam Hazer, all of that, <coughs> all of that enables you, enables you to search, to feel, Ishkiyafli, you separate yourself, you become a Nazir, you live a world where the Ruach in you, the spirit in you, suddenly begins to dominate over the uh, over the real of you, the Gashmi of you. And that dominate that domini domination. Domination. What? Yes, yes, domination. Uh, that domination clarifies something for you. It says that you are who you they promised you you were. But you never knew it, right? It's like you get up one day, suddenly you can play the piano, like concert level. It's like uh, uh, pretty re- remarkable. Here what happens is with the Nazir, that he becomes a Nazir, he becomes a Nazir to discover himself. And he does. He discovers himself. And therefore we remember the parish of the, of the Ramon, Kadoshi Hiyeh, that he doesn't go back he can't become the same person that he was beforehand when he finishes the, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's true, like everybody who davens, if you daven, and if you're sure in your head that you once had the experience of davening, one moment, was Yom Kippur in the Elo, it was at the Kotel, or was it a little shul in Bosnia, I mean, it doesn't matter, anybody who's ever had an experience which he or she can claim was davening, you'll always try to recreate that experience. You'll never let it go. you never, never let it go. So the same thing is true, according to the Svat Emet, about the, about the Nazir. The Nazir is an opportunity. But the opportunity is not to be a Nazir, but it's to be a different kind of person. So the Kadoshi Yeh makes sense according to the, according to the, uh, Ramah, and the Rambam or the Ramban who doesn't like the, the person the Nazir because it seems to attack the notion of, uh, of divine uh, support for taking care of your body but in the other line of thinking right we have the, the uh, Ramah Rashi Ramah the Svatamed uh, who seems to and the uh, yeah, there are more who seem to say that becoming a nazir is a positive thing. It's helpful. It redirects your energy. It changes your way of looking at things. Of course, this is probably not true of everybody who might become a nazir. So I have to say, becoming a nazir, that's a good thing. And whether the nazir is able to accomplish what the Svatanet thinks it could accomplish would depend very much on who you are. You know how much you are willing to uh, to allow the nazir to do to work its magic. And Have a good shabbos. From that point of view, why would you give a chata? No, I understand. No, the the Torah you have to do a chata. No, because you. I think the fact that you stop being a nazir 
You know, as the Torah says, you can't dream continue being a Nazir because it's dangerous. But it could be a, a, a faith, nevertheless. Because faith doesn't mean that, that you, you have to necessarily suffer for having done this faith. But it, it sort of places you on the wrong path. You should have been done with this already. This should have worked for you already. I don't think it's that kind of faith. It's kind of faith that designates the faith. Sometimes you're in, a, you're in a bad position for a good reason. Oh, dear. <laughs>